الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وسندنا ونبينا وشفيعنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن الكريم والفرقان المجيد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أفلا يتدبرون القرآن أم على قلوب أقفالها؟ وقال تعالى وقال الرسول يا رب إن قوم اتخذوا هذا القرآن مهجورا وقال تعالى يا أيها الناس قد جاءتكم موعظة من ربكم وشفاء لما في الصدور وهدى ورحمة للمؤمنين قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا هو خير مما يجمعون وروي عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال إن الله تعالى ليرفع بهذا الكتاب أقواما ويضع به آخرين أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام Respected and honorable أستاذ حضرت معنى النعيم وتعالى صاحب نام بركاتكم Ulamai kiram, elders and brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sound a very grave warning in the Quran al-Kareem. A warning which is unique and if a person just appreciates it as it ought to be appreciated, it would be sufficient for him to desist from all sin. It is a warning that makes one's hair stand on end. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions with regards the very precarious scenario of the akhirah. The scenario in which all of us, each one of us would be the most in need of the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It is the scenario in which if we had any misconception with regards our a'mal, that they are worthy of being presented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that misconception would have been cleared by then. On that scenario, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّي In this scenario, in this situation, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is going to complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is going to complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Rabbi, O Rabb, O Allah, O my Lord, إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا 
Hadal Qur'ana Mahjura. Indeed, my people, my nation, took this Qur'an and dealt with it, treated it as a forsaken thing. Now we need to appreciate this scenario. This is the time when we are waiting. The only hope we have, the last resort we have with regard salvation is we are waiting for Rasulullah wasallam to intercede on our behalf and we are waiting for Rasulullah wasallam on Qiyamah to request Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us salvation by virtue of His fadl and karam, of His rahmah and grace alone because our a'mal are not worthy of being accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our a'mal are not worthy of granting us jannah. And here, when we are waiting for this last light of hope in the akhirah, and we are anticipating that Allah, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our salvation, it turns out to be that because of our negligence towards the Qur'an Kareem, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about us. وَالْعِيَادُ billah. This for an ashik of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and every ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a lover of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This itself is such a grave warning that it is sufficient to make him desist from all type of negligence and all type of sin. The Qur'an Kareem has rights over us. So with regards this verse of the Qur'an Kareem that I just recited, Imam Ibn Kathir rahmatullah alayhi, he mentions that not paying enough attention towards understanding the Qur'an and obviously the outcome and the logical conclusion of understanding the Qur'an would be to implement the Qur'an in our lives. Not paying due attention to that and not expending the required effort to that end is also part of taking the Qur'an for granted and adopting a negligent attitude towards the Qur'an Kareem. So under this verse he says that from among the people with regards whom Rasulullah will complain would be those people who do not pay due attention, who do not make the required effort of trying to understand the Qur'an Kareem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection from this complaint of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam against us. So it follows that for us to be protected from this grave warning of the Qur'an Kareem and from the admonishment of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the day of Qiyamah and in the Akhirah, we have to make a concerted effort, we have to make a deliberate effort, we have to carve out some time in our daily routine to 
make sure that we fulfill the rights of the Quran Kareem so that we are not counted among those who have forsaken the Quran and against whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam will complain to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we can imagine if Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam complains regarding us, then what hope do we have of salvation in the akhirah? Wal'iyadu billah. So the ulama kiram have distilled from the Qur'an Kareem and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam three rights of the Qur'an Kareem that the Qur'an enjoys of us. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained upon us for and for the Qur'an Kareem. The first right is to recite the Qur'an Kareem as it ought to be recited. Tilawah of the Qur'an Kareem. So recitation is necessary as well as the method and way of recitation. So tajweed is not something that can be taken for granted as well. The rules of tajweed are also revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are also revealed by wahi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-qiyamah addresses Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and obviously via Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addresses us and says فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ فَاتَّبِعْ قُرْآنَهُ When we recite the Qur'an unto you via Jibreel alayhi salam then follow the way in which we recite it. In other words, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also being commanded to recite the Qur'an in a particular way in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed upon Jibreel alayhi salam. Which means fulfilling the requirements of tajweed. So the first right of the Quran Kareem upon us is to read the Quran Kareem correctly. And if we haven't had the opportunity of learning the rules of tajweed, then we are required, it's farzain upon each one of us to take out the time and go to the experts of this field and learn how to recite the Qur'an Kareem. The second right of the Qur'an Kareem upon us is to understand and appreciate its meaning and take that meaning to heart. And the Qur'an Kareem is replete with ayat in which this is emphasized again and again. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Do they not ponder over the Qur'an Kareem? Or do they have knocks on their hearts? إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ إِنَّا جَعَلْنَاهُ قُرْآنًا عَرَبِيًّا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ إِلَيْكَ مُبَارَكٌ لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ This is a very interesting ayah in Surah Sad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that this is a kitab, a mubarak book, a blessed book which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that the ummah ponders over the ayat of the Qur'an kareem and so that those who have intelligent take lesson and heed. Why this ayat is interesting 
is that just before this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the akhirah and the fact that man would be questioned in the akhirah regarding his a'mal. So this ayah then, the logical question that comes to mind is then, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala requires of us to lead our lives in a certain way, then, and we will be questioned in the akhirah with regards to whether we led our lives according to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribed, the question arises as to what is that way? What is that way of life? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers it in this ayah of Surah As-Sad, which says that that way of life would become manifest unto you when you ponder over the quran kareem giving due requirements, due, due attention to the requirements of pondering. Pondering over the quran kareem does not entail a person just taking the quran kareem without any guidance from the scholars, without making sure that the material and the literature that he is using to understand the quran kareem is authentic and verified. It's the material that the ummah has acknowledged or the majority of the ummah has acknowledged over the centuries. When a person fulfills these requirements and then fulfills this right of pondering over the quran kareem then the way of life, how are you supposed to lead your life in this world and how are you supposed to become successful in the examination of the akhirah will become manifest unto a person. And that is also the ishara and the indication in وَلِيَذَّكَّرَ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ So the second right of the Qur'an Kareem upon us is to make a concerted and deliberate effort to understand and appreciate the meaning of the Qur'an Kareem. Hazrat Mu'ana, Mufti Muhammad Taqi Usmani Sahib, Namad Barakatuh, my Ustad and Shaykh, he recently wrote an article on this very topic. He perceived this negligence generally in the ummah of a strong bond and relationship with the Qur'an Kareem. Our relationship with the Qur'an Kareem, unfortunately, is restricted to some sporadic recitation now and then also a person has a little bit of a mahmool that's great ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we recite the quran kareem it is also very appreciated it is one of the rights of the quran kareem but that's it there is no attention there is no worry fikr towards enhancing this relationship which is our basic you know uh, it, it is the source of salvation in the hereafter. So we, we do not give it the due attention that it requires. So Hazrat Mufti Sahib, Tamad Barakatum, we wrote a detailed article on this very, and, and with a lot of dard, with a lot of, uh, you know, tarap and dard in his, in his heart, that the ummah needs to come back to the Quran Kareem and to you know, increase its relationship, enhance its relationship with the Qur'an-i-Kareem. 
Hazrat Mufti Sahib starts that article by saying that if a person's father is very beloved to him, he looks up to his father, he's his ideal, and this person happens to go to another land overseas or on travel, and his father, I'm just giving you the gist in my own words, and his father with all his experience wants to share his experience with regards that land, with regards that travel of his, with regards the objectives he wants to achieve in that endeavor. And with a lot of love, he writes him a letter, a detailed letter of how to go about achieving your success in this objective and endeavor of yours. With this, and this person then accepts that letter. Now, what does logic demand? What does a person's love for his father demand? Will he just keep that letter safely in an envelope and, you know, keep it somewhere safe in a cupboard and not worry about reading it? Not worry about understanding it? Or, or say he reads it, but for some reason it's in another language that he doesn't understand. Will he be complacent? Saying, no, okay, my father sent it to me, I'll read it. I'll read it with a lot of respect and veneration. I'll read it with a lot of love. I know my father must have said something very useful in this, but what can I do? I can't understand it. So he'll read it and he'll, will he keep it away? If he is a true lover of his father, then it's not fathomable that he would do that. He will make sure that he gets an interpreter. An interpreter who is authentic. He will make sure that if need be, he'll, under, he'll understand that language. He'll learn that language. And make sure that he implements what his father has said to him. He takes that message to heart and implements it. Implements those, that message in his life. So this is the scenario, this is the approach that unfortunately we have adopted with the quran kareem Where we are complacent with the little bit of tilawa or, you know, with a little bit of maybe attending some gathering and not, not, not a structured type of effort in trying to understand the quran kareem and take its message to heart. Very interesting incident. Hazrat Sheikh Al Hind, our Sheikh Al Mashaykh, the Ustad of Hazrat Hakim Al Ummat, Hazrat Mana Ashafali Sahab Thami Rahmatullah Ali, the Ustad of all the Kabir of Dioband, Hazrat Sheikh Al Hind Rahmatullah Ali, during the World War was incarcerated by the British because of his efforts against the British. So he spent four long years in Malta, in an island in Europe. I've, I've been to that island. And Hazrat Sheikh Al Hind was kept in solitude, in, 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 in you know, in uh, confinement. He was incarcerated there. So he's on his return. He addressed a gathering of ulama 
And he said that during my incarceration and during these lonely hours and days of mine, now these are the Allah Wallahs, they this is how they spend their time. I was pondering and giving very deep thought to the reasons of the decline and the devastation of this ummah, both on a worldly front as well as on a deeny front. Now, when these Allah Wala say something like this, it is not a, a superficial thing. There's a lot of deep thought and then they have firasa, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants them and bestows them with. So there is a lot of depth in what Hazrat Mawlana Mahmudul Hassan sahab said. It might seem to be, you know, on like very simple type of nasiha, but it, there's a lot of depth in it. So he said, there's two reasons that came to mind. The two reasons for the downfall of this ummah. He said, the first reason is the lack of a relationship with the quran Kareem. Is their negligence towards the quran Kareem. And the second reason, he says, is infighting, civil strife. With regards to the first reason, he said that, I have now resolved to dedicate the rest of my life to spreading the teaching and learning of the quran Kareem, both loved one and ma'na. In other words, the reading of the quran Kareem, the correct recitation of the quran Kareem, as well as spreading the teaching and learning of the meaning of the quran Kareem. He said that with regards the recitation of the quran Kareem, makatib should be established in all the towns and in all the areas of the world where the children can understand, uh, can, can learn the, the proper recitation of the quran Kareem. And with regards the meaning of the quran Kareem, he emphasized that there should be durus of the quran Kareem that are conducted, lessons and, and teaching of the quran Kareem to the adults, the meaning of the quran Kareem should be conducted on a wide scale. So that was the second right of the quran Kareem that it should be understood, appreciated, and taken to heart. It should be taken seriously. We cannot take the quran Kareem for granted. The quran Kareem needs to be taken seriously. And if we don't, then there are very, very grave consequences in the akhirah. And the third right of the quran Kareem that the ulama had distilled from the nusus of the Qur'an and the hadith is that it obviously follows from the second right is to implement the Qur'an in our lives. We must become ambassadors of the Qur'an. Walking and talking ambassadors of the Qur'an. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala an was asked what was the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a profound answer. She said, كَانَ خُلُقُهُ الْقُرْآنِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lived the Qur'an. So as we follow all the other sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is also a sunnah. We need to live the Qur'an. We need to implement the Qur'an in our lives. We need to become walking and talking Qur'ans. Where each and every aspect of the Qur'an, the halal of the Qur'an is implemented in our lives. The haram of the Qur'an is implemented in our lives. The, the dard of the Qur'an is implemented in our lives. The khawf of the akhirah of the Qur'an is implemented in our lives. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq of amal. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.